Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Jake tries to find his game. Chuck updates his decks. Rapid Strike Urshifu takes the weekend, and we are joined by Kate Whitzel. How are we doing today, Chuck? How are we doing today? I am doing good. Uh, happy to be back. Just uh, been doing a lot of updating this week. Uh, right. Computer programs before the podcast and uh, a lot of my decks. Uh, just tweaking, uh, filling out uh, my deck boxes and and trying to figure out what i want to play and then i have like the meta to basically give to someone be like hey play this against me right uh for whatever i choose for the regional coming up so there we go that's awesome uh and for me i just i've i've played a lot of games uh, and i've played a lot of arceus and teleon because i still think that's a really solid deck and been playing a lot of mew and although I'm still at that 65% win rate uh, with both uh, thereabouts, um, I just both don't feel good, um, especially after this EYC. Uh, just, it just doesn't feel like both those decks are the play. So I'm kind of scrambling and like my confidence is a little shaken. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We still have two weeks to prepare. Um, and I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the metagame here shortly, but, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's basically what I've been up to, uh, for the week. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a little undecided myself, um, because, uh, the week has flip-flopped on me. So what I, what wasn't performing performed and then what I thought was might go to didn't perform. So I don't know. Right. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I said it was going to be Arceus, Arceus, Arceus. And I have over 200 games easily played with it. Um, and it feels good in a lot of matchups. But my gosh, um, Urshifu is really throwing a wrench in, in, in it for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's enough about us for now. Um, yeah. We do have a guest and I don't want to take all the spotlight away. Um, so I kind of alluded in our intro. We've got uh, Pokey Stats himself, Tate Weissow. I'm sorry, I pronounced that horribly. Um, white, it's but, literally just white and cell. It's, white you know, cell. There, there we go, yeah, white cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, now that I got that butchering out of the way, um, how are you doing? Um, and and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your Pokemon journey so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, I feel like... <laughs> I get invited on so many podcasts. It's like, uh, give us the Pokestats backstory. So I have it like probably right. down to a T at this point. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But just about me, I've been playing for almost six years at this point, which like, it does not feel like, uh, like that long. It feels crazy, but five and a half to six years, I started playing around 2016 us nationals. Um, and one of the cool stories I like to tell is that was like the first tournament that I watched, like on the Twitch stream, right. was that us nationals mm -hmm. and Nick Robinson ended up winning that tournament. And like four years later, I ended up on a team with him. Uh, and I thought that was like, just a super cool, like encapsulation of the Pokemon community, right. Of like, everyone kind of ends up like, it's a pretty small thing. And, um, some of the people that like you looked up to as top players a few years ago, you might end up like in a testing group with them down the road. And I think right. that's cool. Um, but yeah, so about, uh, it really like less than a year into me playing, uh, like I just kind of picked up this game, um, when I was in high school, just as a hobby. And then there was really this like kind of black hole in terms of like content creation and in, in terms of like, um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know too much about other TCGs. I don't really play Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh or anything mm -hmm. like that. But I did know that they had a lot more like infrastructure in terms of um, like the statistics stuff and the reporting stuff. And there was kind of a just lack of that in Pokemon. Um, back then we had Charizard Lounge, uh, which we, he hasn't really been around for a couple of years, but that was kind of the one, um, almost like the prototype of Limitless or Pokestats where he would mm -hmm. kind of just collect like state championships or city championship results or regionals um you know back back then we even like 2015 all the regionals used to be like on the same weekend right there'd be like a weekend of spring regionals um so he would take all the results from like all these tournaments and have them on his website and kind of just do a couple like maybe like meta share percentages or something um but yeah, around like late 2016, early 2017, which was also around the same time that Robin decided to start up Limitless, um, I decided to start up Pokestats and just kind of have this database of tournament results and then um, have all the statistical stuff based off of it. And then the Twitter account as well, obviously, was a big piece. Like mm -hmm. that was also something that was really missing because the Pokemon community was really heavily still in Facebook at that point, right? We were in like Verbank and Heyfonte. Um, and almost nobody was really using Twitter for Pokemon. And so I think like Pokestats is kind of something that, you know, everyone wanted to either actually log into their Twitter account or make a Twitter account so they could follow Pokestats and get all these updates from events and all these like statistics on the meta and stuff like that. So there's kind of this, um, like, if you've looked at Limitless, you've probably seen like they differentiate into like legacy era and modern era. Mm -hmm. And so really this like, um, the origin of Limitless and Pokestats in this 2016 into 17 season is kind of the like start of what we would call the modern era in Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, it, it, having you and, and Limitless, um, you know, between the, the, the two, um, the, between the two of you guys, it's been uh, it's been very helpful for the community just being able to kind of see what the metagame is. Um, and really kind of help people newer into the game to one, learn what decks, uh, you know, are, are good and having success. And then two, um, you know, players that are really going for, you know, those world in fights or trying to have top finishes kind of can gauge the meta and kind of adjust from there. So, um, mm -hmm. you you know, Pokestats is huge for the community, um, for, you know, any type of player. Um, and I, you know, I just, it's awesome that you wanted to do this and it's, it's so helpful for the community. Yeah. Yeah. I was just really, um, you know, I couldn't have accomplished it without the response that it did end up getting, especially from top players at the time. I mean, I remember like Rahul being someone who was really supportive, uh, Sam Chen, like all these players at the time, um, like, <laughs> you know, giving me love on, on Twitter and stuff um and just getting the word out there so you know building up all these followers and like now we're at the point where um i honestly i think one of the coolest things was just seeing uh the weekend of like salt lake mm -hmm. um we got like or between i guess it was brisbane and salt lake like the first two regionals back we got like over a thousand followers between those two weekends right um, <laughs> and we're, we're like pretty close to 10k right now i think and that was just like wow, Pokemon's back, like, people are really, you know, you, like, we tweet out that, like, top eight uh, bracket graphic, and everyone's, like, <laughs> retweeting that, and, yeah, that's just super cool to see, like, the amount of uh, attention that it's got from the community. 
Right. I mean, with, with IRL play coming back, I mean, it's, it's probably been huge uh, for you guys, but just everybody is just so pumped that Pokemon is back. Like you said. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, you know, everybody is, is getting excited and pumped and your resource is uh, Pokestats is, is definitely driving that, um, that, that passion, I think. So um, I, I mean, I guess that's enough for now for, uh, for, <laughs> for Pokestats. We'll get back to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have uh, question, uh, standard questions here for our for, uh, for our guests for the first time on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck, you want me to start it off today? Yeah, go ahead. You can have the cool. go. Awesome. All right. So, Tate, what is your favorite Pokemon? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I always say something from Gen 4 because that's like when I was in elementary school, that was like when Gen 4 was coming out. So I would say like Garchomp or Luxray maybe. That's um, solid. That's solid. <laughs> I like Luxray too. <laughs> Unfortunately, Luxray hasn't had a good card since we've been playing Chuck, or at least nothing really. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, well, you we have, have to. The, we have the V coming out, right? That one looks decent. I think I missed define, that one, so we'll see. You have to define good a little differently for me, because I think raid Luxray is actually pretty decent. It depends. I guess uh, <laughs> standard, standard legal, uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is that Luxray V coming out that I think I don't remember the exact text of it, but I remember when it came out, I was like, this card is definitely playable. So that might be changing in a few months. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I'm completely forgetting what that does. So <laughs> we'll have to, I'll have to come go back and look at it here shortly. But no, Luxray, hopefully we see it uh, have some, some meta relevance here shortly. Yeah. All right. And then um, I'm, uh, I'm blanking at the, no. <laughs> What is now? Uh, this is the next question. Sorry, my transition game is off right there. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite Pokemon card? It's another good question. I should prep these answers in advance because there's <laughs> like there's so many uh, cards to think about. So two like two quick answers that I usually give are teammates um, and then Abyssal Hand Octillery. Um, and I guess you could. I mean, now we have the Barrel, which is literally just like a functional reprint of Octillery, but um like 2017 that first year where i was really playing competitively i played a lot of like alola nine tails gx and uh gardevoir gx and all these decks that use the auxiliary line mm-hmm. um and i always because that format was all about like if you get end to one do you draw out of it or do you just lose right and so if you were playing a deck with auxiliary you could never lose to end uh and that was just like something i really liked about those decks and i remember those very fondly um, and then teammates has also just been part of a lot of like, you know, teammates in Guardi GX, mm-hmm. um, teammates in Mew Cram from 2020, which is one of my favorite decks that I've ever played. Um, it's that's just been in a lot of, you know, decks that I've enjoyed too. So those are, those would be like two answers. I, there's probably a lot of other things I could come up with, but those are two that jump to mind. No, those are, those are awesome. And especially yeah. with, uh, I forget the card that's coming out, but there is another card that um that will put you down on um cards similar to n yeah it's called yeah, um, I, i'm blanking on the name too uh, yeah but, uh, <laughs> roxanne roxanne, roxanne yeah, 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 yeah 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 so roxanne yeah. coming out so we might see a lot yeah. of love with the barrel coming up so maybe a little bit of parallels between the two metas right and then like raihan is a little bit of a teammates equivalent kind of thing too right. so we're almost like i've been excited these past few sets seeing like we're going back almost to some of those 2017 formats that a lot of people talk about as being some of the best modern formats. Yeah, that's a very uh, yeah. Most most people we talk to that have been veterans of the game really really enjoyed that uh, 2017 season. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, after rotation, kind of seeing how you know similar we can be. 
I, I'm a fan of the teammates card just from playing in GLC because it is a very good yeah, card. Too. So yeah. I, um, Jake, yep. next one. Okay, so Tate, what is, in your opinion, the worst card that's uh, ever been printed for the Pokemon TCG? Now, it does not have to be standard legal. Um, it can be standard legal. Um, but what in uh, and it's not like a bad card, but like a card that is just oh, like unhealthy, like toxic, for the, yeah, toxic yeah. for the game. Like reset stamp, some people said, and there's been lots of different answers, but oh, uh, there's a lot of things worse than reset stamp, <laughs> right? Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably Trump card, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know why anyone at Card Labs ever thought printing Trump card would be a good idea. Like, yeah, I think it's, I don't, at least in the time I've been playing, I mean. Mm -hmm. I don't know some of the like early 2000s formats. I don't know that well. There was definitely a lot of toxic stuff back then. Um, but in like in recent memory for me, it has to be Trump card, I think. Like that no, was just it, completely, I don't think there's ever been another card that was just instantly banned after like a month. <laughs> like, you know, there's. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the only card I know that's just like, you can't play this anywhere. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, before we jump into the next question, what is the worst card in standard? In, in standard opinion? right now? Right now. Um, Ooh, qualifier oh that's a good good question if you'd asked me a year ago or even a few months ago i might have said marnie but i'm not so like the format is slow enough now to where you don't just like instantly lose if you break off a turn one marnie or something mm -hmm. so i don't know it might be like something in mew or something um i don't know if it's mew itself or like elisa or genesect or something like but even, a lot Mew, of... <laughs> even, even Mew is like not really, you know, that oppressive anymore. Like it definitely is the, it's the best deck that like, or it's the only deck in the format right now that can just like, you can't get punished. Like you can just sack really hard and win games from not getting punished. So that's kind of unhealthy, but like, it's really not that much of an issue. I don't think so. I don't know. It's a tough, like, there's definitely, if I thought about it more, I'm sure I could give you a better answer of like, what is the most unhealthy card in standard right now but it's probably something in you right i mean that's fair there's there's yeah. just so many parts to that deck that yeah you know it has advantages especially that early game over a lot of other things so yeah um you can just say mu deck that counts <laughs> <laughs> wow it's it, there's not the unlike uh you know two years ago about two years ago when we were all just pointing the finger at adp um there's not right. a, i've been i've champion the phrase that it, it's the sum of the parts in mu vmax that is why it's kind of on the edge of that op tier they really just did um, give it everything right <laughs> you know yeah, I mean, it, energy it, acceleration and insane draw and healing and like <laughs> it has everything uh, immune to abilities like right. yeah it's just something that if you took one thing out it's not like the deck would go away but you feel like you did did too much off yeah. of one thing right um, so it really is like just the sum of the parts in that deck what there's not one thing that's just overly degenerate i mean i guess my you mentioned adp like my broader answer would just be three prize pokemon in general like that's I, probably the worst thing they've done to the game <laughs> in like ever uh i probably sound like a broken record talking about that but yeah just like having played before um like you guys mentioned you're both like newer ish like 2019 or 20 or something yeah, so like yeah you probably haven't really experienced a game without three prize Pokemon. Uh, and just like having experienced the difference between those two, like 
types of format, it's like night and day, but we're definitely moving away now, right? Like V stars right. are a lot healthier and there's a lot more ways to like beat the VMAX decks now. So I'm really like happy with the direction they've taken the game in the past couple of sets, but three prize Pokemon are, are not it. Right. Well, yeah, they're definitely phasing those three prize Pokemon out there. We'll see if Mew survives the next set. Um, yeah. But beyond Mew and then maybe a couple like niche medicals at the time, um, I just don't know if we're going to see a lot of uh, uh, V stars or I'm sorry, um, the maxes, the V maxes out there. Um, yeah. Beyond Mew, going, you know, the next set passed. Um, <laughs> Did you guys just, see? Do you guys see Cash's uh, Charizard V Max though? No, I I didn't he see won, his, He exactly. won something. <laughs> It doesn't I did, surprise me. I did Cash with the fire Twitter. deck does not surprise me that he won. He played, he, I mean, he played Arceus. Um, I think he started playing Arceus and Charizard V-Star. And then Zaya, uh, Zaya Cheville and I were like talking to him and we were like, I think the V-Max is just a little better, right? So he played right. like two V-Max and one V-Star and I think he won something with it. So that's, I mean, I don't think that's going to be like a tier one deck or anything, but it's right. kind of funny, like. Hey, there's still a VMAX out there that's, that's doing there's, something. Yeah, there's still going to be some VMAX out there for sure. But like you said, they are starting to phase it away. So the game is becoming more of that healthy, drawn-out game that's not just sprint uh, at the very beginning. Um, so yeah. we'll, we'll see how the, the metagame goes, but I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. All right, Chuck, All you right. get to finish us off with those standard right. questions. We get the, the fun, newer question we started asking. Um, what is your favorite Pokemon memory? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think God, there's, I mean, there's a couple of pokey sets related ones that are nice, just like hitting certain milestones or whatever. But in terms of like going to events, probably Collinsville 2020, um, I lost my winning in. So it would have been a sweeter memory if I, if I did day two, but, uh, that was when we played Mewcram. So me, Frank, uh, Hunter Butler, Nick Robinson like all worked on this deck um, and we a couple other people played it too but I think that might be um, definitely like top three and maybe my favorite deck that I've ever played at a tournament and so just that whole like the BNB we had with like um, like team gas at the time was our right. <laughs> like our testing group and then like hunters uh, cutter tap people and like all these people in the BNB on like Saturday night just like getting drunk and playing new mirrors <laughs> and stuff it was like um that was amazing uh, yeah no it was a it was just a really fun like I also I met a lot of people um because it was Collinsville right like it's centrally located so everyone mm. was coming from all different parts of the country and like I met all these people that you know I'm still friends with now played a really fun deck um yeah that's probably like my favorite regional memory I think and that that was the last one before uh the, the right lockdown, exactly right? yeah so. or at least the, I guess there was a there was a South America one but it was the last American one before right covid yeah so that was i mean it was nice to having to be able to play in that and then obviously not knowing i wasn't going to see those people again for two years but, right right yeah call, call yeah, definitely the last great american regional before yeah. pre-pandemic right exactly i can't wait just to get back into this we have salt lakes or i'm sorry we're <laughs> salt lake we've already <laughs> had salt lake uh we have we have indy coming up um mm -hmm. so i'm pretty excited about that to make our own memories there because like it like I told you before uh, the podcast that we both started that, that 2019 right before COVID started. So we were still really fresh in the game. Um, never really had an opportunity to go into any, any of these big events. So really looking forward to that and just kind of testing our, our metal against, you know, the, the big, 
um, you know, competition out there, all the people yeah. that are really going for those, those worlds invites. So pretty excited. Um, also just, you know, within this, you said, you know, we're, we're a large community, but really kind of a small community at large. Um, and then just being able to meet everybody, um, you know, that we've met through this podcast in, in real mm-hmm. life. I can't wait for that. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm super excited for all of that. As am I. All right. So <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into our trivia. It's time for trivia. 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 <laughs> um, Chuck, do you want to start us off today? Uh, yeah. Let me load up my entry today. I'm continuing. Um, uh, so I think I'm two for two on this on this version uh, of the game. Yeah, you uh, you are, you are doing pretty good at this trivia version. So Tate, just for what I do with my trivia question, mm-hmm. I've been trying a few different things out, but um, I'm going into uh, my Pokedex on my Poke- Pokemon Go. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to pick a random Pokemon. I'm going to give you the entry. Okay. What like the little fluff that they give you yeah. for um, Pokemon, and then. You have to guess it. Um, you have to guess the Pokemon. This so, is gonna be really funny because I'm gonna be so bad at this. <laughs> I am not good when it comes to like Pokemon lore per se. So I, I never have any. Oh. So a funny joke I, I like to tell is like when Eternatus VMAX first got leaked, I thought it was fake. Like I, <laughs> I didn't know it was a real Pokemon. I was like, this is a fake card. <laughs> that's how that's how little I know about the anything outside the card game. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty close to you when it comes to a lot of that stuff. So <laughs> I'm surprised I'm actually two for two with these entries. All right. So um, this one, I'm going to give you maybe maybe a little different or harder one. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we go. So this Pokemon is constantly discharging electricity from its mane. The sparks sometimes ignite forest fires. When it enters a battle, this Pokemon creates thunderclouds. Is it not Luxray? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I may it have a, it, it has a, curve if ball, it has a main, right? Okay, what else is lightning and has a main? <laughs> now, it's not, obviously it's not Pikachu or the uh, Raichu levels. I'm now. Oh, is Raikou. It the, no, <laughs> no. I'm. I'm gonna. He does have a main now. I might be going off and you know that my definition of main I is that now does a main have to be like just the hair or it can it be something else that's like floofy around the neck I'm not sure because there's that one lizard right that there's an electric lizard I forget what his name uh, is but uh, that's kind uh, of where I'm thinking of but I can't remember his name okay so it's not <laughs> it's not Luxray or Raikou I don't know what else it is then I'm gonna say that lizard but I don't remember his name so there we go yeah, you got me. I don't. I don't know what lizard you're talking about. Um, uh, Heliolisk. Yeah, I don't, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's it though. Uh, Probably that is, not. That is not it. We are talking about Manetric. Oh, oh okay. Man. Yeah, um, I was like, there's gonna be something else. Yeah. <laughs> so he is the discharge Pokemon, and I went with a very close Luxray esque Pokemon that's trying. Yeah, you thought you could. You thought you could get me, and you were right. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got him. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. There's like a uh, like a huge bee flying around in my basement. I don't know how he got down here, and I'm just like looking at him, like it it's a not bee come drill, over bro. here. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a cat bee drill out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, he's he definitely coming around. out of nowhere. Where's the mustard around here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Uh, good good trivia question there. Um, let me go one. on to mine. Um, so I play this game. Name that Pokemon. This ability goes to. Um, so I kind of. Rotate between hey, abilities. Might be good at this because yep. these are all trading this card is, game related. It, it is standard yeah, we'll legal. <laughs> okay. Standard legal. So I'll give you that. Okay. Um, Dugard. Dugard. Um. I know this. I think. I think. It can't be. I feel if it was something that was like really meta, I would know it probably. Right. It can't be something. That, it, it's uh, it's not super meta right now. There might be uses in the future, and this B is getting closer to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, I'll let see. you guys. Let's get this binder ready to take him out if he comes as close. I may or may not be cheating. Do not cheat. I'm not going to cheat. <laughs> Chuck's answer no longer valid. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. It's not. Uh, I mean, it's probably not in that binder. <laughs> probably it's probably water type, right? <clears throat> yes yeah uh i'm gonna guess melodic you got it it is no, this is actually yeah, that, yeah <laughs> it's like that's that's a good guess yeah yep uh so yeah oh are... because it's okay let me see if i can get it it's uh prevent what is it prevent effects under your hand or is it prevent effects of supporters it's supporters so prevent oh, uh know. prevent yeah when you're prevent, a... prevents marnie though right? yeah prevents so, marnie yeah. prevents judge prevents yeah. things like that so um Hand protection. Yes, hand protection. We've never really seen it uh, relevant in the meta. Uh, you've seen it once or twice in, in you know, uh, a random rogue deck or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I played. I played against uh, Togekiss VMAX that was playing it, so they couldn't. Right. You couldn't Marnie them out of their. Two in cards. fact, that's what actually inspired me to pick that card because I was playing on ladder today. Oh, okay. Playing <laughs> yeah. against Togekiss, and I'm like, oh, look, there's a Phoebus. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so that's definitely uh, where that that came from. So. I remember that it was a limitless game. I remember that game because the dude was, uh, um, I ended up winning the game by like, I was, I think I must've been playing ice rider. Cause I was mm. stacking damage on his Luminion. Cause he played, I don't know why he played Luminion in Togekiss, but like he had all this stuff in there and I was stacking damage on it and it looked like I didn't have a win con. And then I went like choice band or choice belt waterfall, uh, to kill the Luminion, like boss Luminion, I kill it with Waterfall on Inspiration. Oh, and I remember my opponent just being like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I should have I should have known that one then. I have played against that, but that's no good worries. one. Yeah. All right, let's All go right. into random card madness. Now, Chuck, I did explain to oh, there's the B. I did explain <laughs> to to Tate beforehand. Uh, so go ahead. <laughs> Discard your special energy. Discard your special energy. Come on, Beedrill. Get come come closer, bud. <laughs> So go ahead and um, pick the random card while I try to defend my life here. Uh, so uh, did we? You didn't pick it. Uh, no, take, we did not pick the set. Uh, give me uh, your favorite set in the Sword and Shield block. Uh, let's go with Chilling Rain because it has Ice Rider. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is going to give us a listing of 198 cards. So. Um, like Jake explained earlier, I'm going to randomly generate a number between 1 and 198, and we will get, hopefully, a good card to talk about in Chilling Rain. So we have card number 179. In... All right, so this is 
card 179 is the alternate art Galarian Slow King V. The alternate art doesn't really matter. We're going to say keep it because it's an alternate art, but okay. uh, we're going to decide whether Slow King uh, deserves to be in a deck or not. Uh, so just to go over his stats, he's a basic 220 um, dark V Pokemon. He's single strike with two attacks. Uh, one colorless attack called Concoction. Uh, discard a card from your hand. If you do, draw three cards. And then for a darkness and a colorless, Word of Ruin, at the end of your opponent's next turn, the defending Pokemon will be knocked out. Uh, retreat to three, weakness to fighting. So, Tate, we'll go to you first. Is Sil Slowking V worthy <laughs> of a deck? So the problem, like, there's all these dark Vs and Vmaxes, like, especially Vmaxes, um, that just are worse than either Gengar or Eternatus, right? So, like, right. this card isn't technically awful. Like, being single strike is good for it. Um, but, like, there's just no reason to ever play it over <laughs> Gengar or Eternatus, right? Like, that's what I would say. I, don't, I can't imagine myself, like, ever really trying to make a deck around it because I would just would like, I mean, for fun, sure. But like, I don't think it's ever something that I would play seriously because there's just better dark fees you could play. Right. I, yeah. I, I second that like uh, Gengar is just superior. Um, there's no real reason to play it. Even if you're trying to win anything like legitimate, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to locals and you want to just play with a fun deck or something like that, to catch people off guard. Sure. Um, but I would say it's more binder uh, fodder uh, than put it in the deck. Now, yeah, because what is the VMAX? The VMAX include... has like a poison attack or something, right? But the VMAX right. isn't that good either. So uh, I believe yeah. it's like 120 damage uh, on yeah. the on the poison or something like that. Yeah, which is like, but that that stuff has never really been good for a while now because every deck just has switching cards and has right. had like three switching cards for like years now. So right, I mean, yeah. you you are seeing a little bit less switch cards nowadays, but I I still don't think it's justified to try to play that uh, over, like you said, uh, Eternatus or Gengar, which yeah. is I think Gengar. Oh, I is mean, just... like Gengar and Mew play like Switch, and then like Urshi plays bird keeper and uh rope and then like every melanie deck should play rope and yeah it's like there's not right. that many opportunities for poison to ever stick right and and what's it uh all um arceus and teleon um yeah you know, play, play the sharon's care play. or something yeah. like that so it's, it's, or just retreat out of it, it too. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. uh so what about you chuck what do you think um i mean i tend to agree with you guys uh i think Slowking can make a pretty fun deck because i i think we actually had a couple people at, uh or at least one person at our locals build a slow king deck when he was uh hot off the press in chilling rain mm -hmm. uh that was i mean it could be nasty because that if you can't get out of that poison effect it it was a little um i mean it does enough damage um but it's just a poison effect and most decks like you guys had mentioned have enough switching effects even though they're not huge in the meta they're just enough that the status effects don't make that much of a difference especially when your deck is kind of built around it so mm -hmm. um also the fighting weakness does not help him in this uh current 
Correct. Right. Like we said, Earth yeah, is all sure. yeah. over the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it is really funny. Like, there's all these dark VMAXs that people have tried. Like, I remember Lee and I trying to make Garboder VMAX work for a while, and that was really bad. <laughs> uh, and then, like, Maxlow uh, or like the Flow DK VMAX. guys are always like talking about Grimmsnarl VMAX. Like, that card is not good enough either. So, right. yeah. You can make Garboder VMAX be worth zero prizes in expanded. Yeah, well, we're not talking can, expanded. <laughs> That's the only thing he's good for. Like right. the Garboder VMAX is doing dumb stuff like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's take a little break here and jump into Turtwig Talks the Meta. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as RY for Gaming. I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week, we have 14 tournaments, 1,071 unique deck plays, and 2,952 matches to cover this week. Now, without further ado, let's hop right into those top 8s. Starting off, these three decks all had 6 top 8s, those being Gengar, Ice Rider, and Rapid Strike Malamar. Next, Mew Genesect had 21 top 8s, and at the top, reigning king Arceus had 33 top 8s this week. That's it for the top 8s this week, now let's have a look at those boring meta numbers. All these decks had over a 50% win rate this week, those being Arceus Inteleon, Arceus Malamar, and Suicune Ludicolo. Notable changes to Mew Genesect, Rapid Strike Malamar, Gengar, Whimsicott, and Arceus Malamar. Starting off, Mew Genesect was down in win percentage by 3.5% this week, knocking it just under that 50% win rate. So we're sitting around 49%. Mew Genesect looking to come back strong next week, probably because of a lot of Rapid Strike Urshifu. Thank you, EUIC, for that one. Next, Rapid Strike Malamar was up in win percentage by 3% this week. Single Prizers taking a big hit this week by just having Rapid Strike Malamar win a little better, coming up from 42.5 to 55.5. So great job, Rapid Strike Malamar. Next, Gengar had 6% increase in win percentage. I'm not really sure why that would have been, probably because Mew was being played, actually, yeah, a little bit more from last week, having more opportunities to beat Mew Genesect and taking home that amazing matchup. Next, Whimsicott was down in win percentage by about 8%, taking it from that 58% down to just under 50% this week. Next, Arceus Malamar was down in win percentage by 7.5%, taking it from that 59 almost 60% win rate from last week, down to about a 52.5% win percentage this week, showing that it is a, that it is standing average with most decks, but being a little above because it is Arceus Malamar. Now, I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes in Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday locals. This week, we had no tournament because we didn't have enough people to play an event, so that's been a new rule instated, and I personally had a lot of fun this week because we just played a little, had some fun, traded some cards, got to really just enjoy ourselves this week. It was a nice change of pace. So, with that out of the way, let's talk about the decks that won this week. All these decks had a single win this week. Those being Arceus Charizard, Gengar, Ice Rider, Rapid Strike Malamar, Rapid Strike Urshifu, and Stone Journer. Suicune came in with two wins this week, and our two Titans are clashing again this week, taking home three wins each, being Mew Genesect and Arceus. Now, Turtrick worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you, so if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming your thoughts on this week's report. 
That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. All right, another great meta report. Thank you, Ryan. Now, uh, as always, it's time for the news. So uh, we had a couple of cards revealed from um, our future sets of Dark Phantasma. Um, so the big, ca- the big card that uh, has caused a little bit of, I don't know, discussion is Hisuian Electrode V. He's a grass Pokemon, 210 HP. He's basic. Uh, and then he has uh, two attacks. Um, he has an attack for a grass and a colorless, solar shot, 120 damage, and you discard all the energy from this Pokemon. And then the one that's causing all the stir is he has a zero energy attack, nothing, just free attack, a grieved bomb. This attack does 100 damage for each special condition on this Pokemon. So that's uh, you add poison you add sleep or confusion um, burned burned (laughs) well confusion is what would make sense at the moment because you can actually still attack when you're confused is 300 damage for no energy Mm -hmm. so that's causing the commotion on a basic on a basic so on a basic yeah i guess we gotta before we go into it we have to talk about the other card because it doesn't make sense not to talk about it right now. well yeah there's there's two other cards that kind of go okay this can work Right. So they released a Parasect and a, par- a Paris and a Parasect. Um, so you have to get to the Parasect to get this cool ability that you get called an Exhaustion Spore. And when you play this card from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon, you may use this ability. Both active Pokemon are now asleep and poison. So if you've evolved that while you Electrode in the active, you now have two status conditions on Electrode, which you can, if you could attack while you're asleep, um, you could do 200 damage. Well, thanks. We have a we have a new fix for that too. We have a, a, a new trainer card that's a tool called a mechanical arm. Attach uh, this is a tool. You can only attach one. Um, this tool, uh, the Pokemon this tool is attached to, can attack even if it's asleep or paralyzed. So um, you still get to attack even when you're sleeping and or paralyzed. So Electro can still do damage with that status condition. So that's the help it got to actually being able to do what it wants to do. All right. So with all that being said, uh, let's see what Tate thinks. Um, with the combination of these three with potentially anything else, do you think this play- this card is playable? Yes. I think it's actually really good because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, so anytime there's something with a zero energy attack cost, you have to like take it seriously, right? Because that's obviously really good. And then, Anytime you have a basic that can do that much damage for like that low of an energy cost, like you have to try to figure out if there's some way to break it, right? And so a lot of times these have ended up being like more expanded decks. Mm-hmm. Um, like I guess a, one thing I would think of would be like Ultra Necrozma, right? Like Ultra Necrozma was not really ever a deck that was a, like a standard deck, but it was a pretty good expanded deck, right? The single prize one. Um, because you had all these, like you had Silent Lab and all this stuff you could do with it and expand it. And so with this, they're actually giving us the tools to make it like theoretically work in standard, right? But when I see cards like this, I always think like it's probably, even if it's playable in standard, it's probably way better in expanded because it's actually way easier to just like 
hit all those uh, cards for the combo. Like you do need to hit a lot, right? If you're gonna set up Parasect or like, I haven't given it too much thought, but maybe there's cards like in the expanded card pool that just are easier than setting up a stage one that you could put more special conditions on yourself. Um, I would need to look a bit more, but I don't like, I think this card is actually pretty good because if you can do 300 damage for zero energy and if it's even like a little bit consistent, I think that's good. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question is how do you get three um, conditions on your, I mean, you got the, the Parasect and what you have echoing horn that potentially um, add a Well, there's the, there's the curry, the, there's the curry oh, card this, coming the out. the curry, right? that's spicy right. Curry. Yeah, yeah, the spicy curry. So that you I, go, like, I think the idea is you just set up Parasect and you use it and then attach mechanical arm and then use curry, right? So you have three special conditions and you can still attack even if you're asleep. Right. So like, yeah. That's actually really good. You just have to find all that stuff. Right. And then also to, to add upon that, if you, if the Parasect, you know, the, the 310 with the poison damage, then that's pretty relevant. Plus, um, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, it doesn't burn. Does it burn just yourself? It just I burns think that right? if you go the spicy yeah. curry route, I think it yeah, just burns, just burns yourself. So like that's, yeah, that's fine. You can do 310 and then like, if you want to play Zigzagoon or something or Choice Belt, Right. I mean, I guess you just play choice belt, right? And then you hit all the numbers. So oh, you can't play choice belt because you need the the mechanical. Oh, because you need the mechanical arm. Yeah, but you could yeah. but you could play zigzagoon and that. Right. Right. So I mean, yeah, like you said, it, it, for no energy costs on a basic Pokemon. I mean, there is some yeah. setup with the Parasect, but um, potentially hitting three ten plus, um, for no energy mm. seems pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, I guess it just has to be a deck that tries to out trade. V stars or well definitely like V maxes it can out trade but like I guess if you go uh like go second against V star decks it might not be as good and then also nothing is like weak to grass so that's another like if you're only doing 200 right uh, you're not like one shotting anything so and then they're just going to kill your electrode and you have to set everything up again I mean, you're you're probably not wrong. I mean, there might also be other cards in the future that can potentially help, like you said, right. something spicy, curious. Um, yeah. I mean, you still no, have the like. I definitely, I definitely think it's good. I think it'll be a deck for sure. I don't know if it'll be a deck in standard, uh, and expanded, <laughs> but like it totally could be a deck in standard, right? Like, right. All the all the tools are there. We just have to see if it, like, I don't know what the engine would look like. I don't know if you're playing, like, if you play a turbo engine uh you know you put like crowbat on your bench and stuff that's just like extra two prizes they can take if right. you play intellion engine i don't know like how easy it is to fit everything else you need to play so also like we'll have to find out what the engine looks like but i think it'll be a deck oh for sure i i think so i'm i'm excited to give it a try or kind of see what its impact on the meta is going to be um because like you said it's going to you know hit some pretty high numbers pretty easily or so at least it seems mm -hmm. all right um and then Real quick, I wanted to go over two other cards that they released um, from the article and another article just because they're kind of like functional reprints of things we've seen before uh, that might be interesting. Uh, one is the Radiant Hisuian Sneasler. So he is there one of go. those um, sparkling mm -hmm. one per deck Pokemon, but he comes in with the ability of put two more damage counters on your opponent's poison Pokemon during pokemon checkup so mm -hmm. uh that's that the old toxic right broke there. extra poison <laughs> um coming back so yeah. um there's that uh and then real quickly um the hasuian arcanine 
um, that evolves from the Growlithe. They have an attack that's also free, omni omnidirectional destruction, uh, 10 plus damage. If you have no cards in your hand, this attack does 150 more damage. Shades of Granville um, in there as well. So uh, just thoughts on those two cards coming coming out as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess with the, what is it, the Sneasel thing, they're trying to just make it so Electrode is playable after Zigzagoon rotates. And right. uh, there's other, like, obviously there's other cool stuff you could probably do with the plus two poison. Like, that's a card to know about for sure, especially because it's a basic and you can just stick it in decks. Yeah. Um, and then Arcanine, I think, too, will probably be something that's probably playable. Like, you two-shot... Uh, any V-Star, V-Max pretty much. And then Granbull was definitely like a pretty strong deck. And this is the same kind of thing. And we right. definitely have like, we might even be able to uh, honestly make a better engine than what we had for Granbull, right? Like Granbull engine was Orangaroo and Mag Cargo. And now we have like, I don't know. I don't, mm, I don't know, actually. Maybe we can't make a better engine. I was going to say we have Inteleon, but that might be- Yeah, not, it might be rotating like pretty quickly after. Well, well it's rotating, but weeks. I also- I also just don't think it's the correct way to play the deck, maybe, though. Like, yeah. I don't know how you would fit all that stuff or, like, make it work to get to zero in hand every turn and still be able to do something next turn. So I'm sure there's an engine that, like, exists for it. Um, but I don't know if you're playing, like, the barrel or I guess you probably play the barrel. And, yeah. But I think it'll I think it'll be a deck. Like, Granville was good, so I don't see any reason why this won't be. And, like, Fighting's a really good type, too. Right. Uh, I mean, the Arcanine seems pretty cool. Um, Although that that electrode just seems, I think it just it out outshines it this week at least uh, on a deck that I want to potentially play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we see this when they release sets out. There's going to be like some some kind yeah. of like combos or like <laughs> obvious synergies, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they are just a little too hard. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the news. Um, yep. Uh, we still have a little bit of uh, time left here. So let's go ahead and jump into a little bit more of getting to know Tate a little bit. Um, we kind of already alluded to a lot of it at the start of the podcast, yeah. but we still want to talk to him about, you know, um, you know, being a, you know, a competitive player, you said six years um, and you kind of alluded to it at, at Collinsville. That was your favorite memory. Um, but, but um, just talk a little bit about, your competitive career and then maybe like just the grind of trying to get the invite for worlds. Yeah. I mean, um, when I, for the first few years, when I started, I was not very good and I was not really, I was not really even going to regionals. I was just playing at cups pretty much for the first mm -hmm. like two or three years. Um, and I was just focused on pokey stats pretty much. Like I was, you know, playing enough that I, you know, I didn't want to be uninformed about how to play decks or like the metagame when I was talking about all this stuff on bogey stats. Like, I think that's important, but I definitely wasn't um, like pushing myself as much as I could have been, or just like practicing as hard or anything like that. Like, or I guess I was practicing. I just wasn't practicing the right way. Right. Like I was, right. <laughs> I was misplaying all the time. Um, and then I kind of had this, uh, once I brought some more people into the bogey stats project, like cash um, cash is really like, probably the one person that just does the most for pokey stats uh now and has for a couple of years now like he mm -hmm. he is like really incredible all the stuff that that he does for the site uh and the twitter like daily um so but you know there's been a bunch of other people uh noah allerton is um 
a British player who's done a lot of stuff for us. Uh, Christian Chase, Florida player, has done a lot of, like, um, back when we were doing our, like, power rankings thing for, uh, like, online players for our invitationals, he kind of set all that stuff up with the, um, and he's just on, like, coding stuff for the site. Um, and then, obviously, we have, like, all these people we collaborate with, like Luke uh, from Celio's, uh, all our, like, metagame stuff. Um, Stefan, we've been doing a lot of stuff with recently. Uh, so yeah, like all these, anyway, like my point being, once we got all these other people, um, kind of rolled into the Pokestats project, that meant I didn't have to do everything for Pokestats every day. Right. I had all this like other time to, first of all, do stuff outside of Pokemon. Um, cause you know, Pokemon's not like my entire life. There's a lot of other stuff that I want to exactly. do, but, um, yeah. but also like, just to play more, like go to more tournaments and to just practice. And um, like, I found my way eventually onto a team. Uh, So my first team was Team Gas, which was uh, 2019. I guess we probably, I don't know if we even lasted a year, Um, but that was when we made Roxy Chomp and we made Mew Cram. So that was for Dallas and Collinsville regionals. Um, Those were like the two big decks that came out of uh that and so I started like I mean Frank and Hunter are really the two guys that were kind of central to creating those decks but I did work on the list a lot so I started getting this reputation as like oh this you know this guy's actually pretty good at playing and building decks too right right um not just the Pokestads guy uh (laughs) and uh yeah so that team ended up kind of falling apart but a lot of those guys ended up forming the undaunted roster that I'm on now so like Frank um Lee and myself, uh, and then we actually had Kenny. Uh, Kenny Wisdom was on Team Gas, and obviously he's working for Pokemon now, so he can't really right. be involved in in team stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, myself, Lee, and Frank all stuck together. Um, and Frank got uh, Dustin and Britt in, who a lot of newer players probably aren't very familiar with with Britt and Dustin. But like, definitely, if you were playing in like twenty, like thirteen or fourteen or fifteen, uh, they would have been like the the like you know the Rahuls and Azuls and Bradners and those guys of like right. that era um you know Dustin has a top four worlds obviously uh, and Britt has like a bunch of worlds day twos so having that team has also been like really really good and the unfortunate thing was like right around that time was like <laughs> the pandemic right so we were we had this whole plan of like oh these are all the the regionals we're going to go to we're going to like kill it you know we're going to be the like the NA limitless right um and then all the events got canceled so i played a lot (laughs) online right like i was really serious about um getting my reputation up not just as the pokestats like founder but also as a like a name in the competitive scene and so i just grinded like really hard and noticeably improved like a huge amount probably during the first year of covid um also during the year prior like every regional I went to that year, there was like a noticeable improvement. Um, but yeah, I, like I, I started just like winning a lot of tournaments, like chills and late nights or hegsters, I guess is what we had back then. Right. Um, online and, uh, yeah, just like just getting good. And so like, since we've gotten, um, I haven't, I've, I was kind of sad. I didn't get to go to Salt Lake. Uh, I almost, um got a flight last minute I was gonna go to Salt Lake and then I just was like eh, I don't know if it's like if I can do it with school um right. I was 
guaranteed going to go to Orlando, rest in peace to Orlando. <laughs> uh, and then I was, I was telling Jake before we started, I, uh, I'm not going to Indy because it's my graduation weekend. So I decided to just, <laughs> just graduate. Um, right. I can go to everything next year, but I'll be at Jersey and uh, NAIC. Um, and then probably like, unless I pop off at those two events, I probably won't be at Worlds, but I, that's okay for me this year. Cause I'm just going to like be saving up and grind everything next year. Right. No, um, that's, that's a great attitude. Just and see, see everyone at Jersey and that's, and you know, save up. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been like, uh, you know, what I, what I talked about before was like that whole thing with the first tournament I watched uh, being won by Nick and then ending up on a team with him down the road. Like that's the really awesome thing about PDCG is like, you can just kind of get in with your testing group and, meet some you know some top players at regionals and stuff and just kind of get sucked into those groups and then you can really right um level yourself up but yeah like i've i've been the difference the difference in gameplay from even like 2019 tate to 2022 tate is like i really feel like if i went to regionals now the expectation should probably be i should be pushing for top eights like that's my that's my that's going to be my goal at everything Oh, for sure. That's, that's a great goal. Now you did say, you know, between 2019, 2020, uh, 2022, I'm sorry, um, that you leveled up a lot. Now, aside from t having a testing group, because uh, that is very important to have, you know, good players, players you trust, uh, you, you know, um, you, you did say you were practicing the wrong way. Is there any other things that you've done um, in that time frame to, to level up your game aside from just um, straight testing with your, with your team? Yeah, I think, um, you know, people have this idea that that testing is just about playing a ton of games of, you know, every matchup or whatever. And I guess that is how Tord, I mean, Tord plays hours and hours and hours of Pokemon and it works for Tord. So right. I guess that's that's right. <laughs> but um, it's more so like I was kind of just mindlessly playing ladder for hours and just saying that I was testing. Um, but I wasn't giving that much thought to like. If I so like if I had been making a misplay, I would probably just keep like practicing the same misplay, right? Like right. I wasn't really, and so I had to really just sit down and like critically. Like one thing I started doing was recording my gameplay, right, and just watching it back. And it is amazing. Like if if you guys, anyone who's listening, if you haven't done that, try it because even in games where you win, if you watch it back, you'll probably right. like find all these little things that you did wrong, like it's actually amazing. Like if you know what to look for, how many tiny misplays you can make over the course of a game, if it's just little sequencing things or like tossing a resource that could have hurt you later and you just didn't get punished. Uh, and then oh, also one other thing I'll say too, that like kind of changed my mindset was um, Robin Schultz. So limitless uh, founder and world champion, like right. one of the best players ever. Um, I was listening, I don't know if he was on a podcast or if it was something he tweeted, but something he said was like, he doesn't feel like he's ever gotten unlucky in a tournament, in a game of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, that like was like mind blowing to me, right? Like surely, you know, we are playing a game where there's some random chance involved, but that was just his approach was like, everything is just variance, right? Like if he um, had bad draws in a game or something, that's just a natural part of Pokemon or he messed up somewhere, right? Right. So, and I think that approach of like, anytime I lose a game, rather than just being like, oh crap, I, I bricked or whatever, I really try to go back and see if there's anything I could have done differently. Um, and that was not something I was doing 
you know, in the first few years I was playing, I was just kind of like, why am I not getting better? Well, it's because I'm not like thinking critically about my gameplay or I'm not right. willing to accept that I screwed up, right? right? Like usually that is what the problem is. Like, I'm sorry, but if you, you know, if you keep dead drawing, the problem is probably you. <laughs> yeah, there's there's yeah. two things that could happen there is it's either A, you made a misplay, um, right. what you need to be critical of. And I've talked about that many times is be critical of yourself uh, on those. Or you could have even made a misplay and just deck your deck creation to you know, right. make it yeah. too clunky. So right. like even though it's not like you're in game getting unlucky, um, mm -hmm. you're kind of potentially doing that to yourself on the deck creation mm -hmm. side of it as well. So there, there's definitely um, a lot of skill involved between sequencing and deck building that you just need to be honest with yourself. And I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, I definitely, I, I, as much as I, I play online and ha have the ability to record myself, I don't do it as often as I probably should um, just to be you know, critical of myself after rewatching it, I'm definitely critical of myself while I'm playing. And if I make a mistake, I usually catch it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, just watching those, those, uh, mm -hmm. those games back um, is something mm -hmm. I need to start adopting. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think like it's, it's relatively easy. You know, if you have a good working knowledge of the game to catch misplays when you make them that like result in you losing. Mm -hmm. But I think the harder thing to do is also catching your flaws when you win games, because that's right. actually how you learn a lot is, you know, if I win a game, but I still watch it back and I say like, oh, I could have totally gotten punished for like that play. And I just right. didn't, or like there was a whole separate line of play that I didn't see. Like, that's, what's so valuable about watching your VODs. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something I try and do. I, I don't necessarily watch myself back, but uh, if I lose a game, I try and play it back in my head at time before mm -hmm. the next one, just kind of see what kind of like decision points that may have been critical that um what could have happened if i did a different choice um so mm -hmm. there there is definitely things that you will catch just thinking about it but when you play it back you are going to get those law those small choices mm -hmm. like where you you pitch a card that you're like you know what you know you pitch this card yeah. turn two but you really didn't need to and then you could have used it turn five for right. some, some better effect or something like right. that yeah so, i mean i think um, another thing too, is like when I started playing, there was almost, I mean, it would be unrecognizable to you guys. Like there was almost nobody streaming this game on Twitch or right. on, like even YouTube content. It was really just like, we had dark integral and yellow swallow that just played like meme decks pretty much. <laughs> uh, and now like you can go on Twitch any day and you can watch Azul, you can watch Tord, you can watch Henry, you can watch Pedro. Like, uh, you can learn so much from these guys and from YouTube as well. Um, and that wasn't a resource that was available like five years ago. So I think that the caliber of the average player now is like much higher than it was like, you know, even when I was not very good, I was usually like doing fine at cups. Just like there were a lot of people that just really didn't know how to sequence and didn't like know how to deck build. And now the average player like knows how to, how to do all that stuff. And so it's a lot harder now to like, uh, to, to like day two regionals or to win cups or win online tournaments, even like some of the people you hit online are just like really good. Um, but I also at the same time though, like getting out of that awful like three prize era, like I'm so relieved that uh, getting events back in person has coincided with the game, like kind of getting a lot more fun again, because like 
there is a lot more room for longer games and for skill expression. Like every time I play a limitless tournament now, I, I top eight pretty much because it's like, I feel like I'm just better than like a significant portion of people to where I'm like, if games are actually being decided by skill, I should just be like top cutting everything. And I think right. that's like the, um, that's a really good sign that like if the same players are consistently doing well over and over and games aren't just like sack fests, um, right. we're in a good spot for the game. I agree hundred percent. So one thing to kind of circle back on, you know, identifying, um, you know, misplays on your, on your behalf or, or anybody's behalf, mm-hmm. um, especially with, you know, going into best of threes coming up in IRL tournaments. Um, how, as far as like playing live and then you, you make an obvious misplay, how do you prevent yourself from tilting out um, or, or making it affect you? So, so maybe you lose game one because of a dumb mm-hmm. misplay. How mm-hmm. do you, again, just like snap back into focus and not let that affect you in the next two games? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's tough for everyone because it's like, if you misplay, it really just is a, especially if it's a game losing misplay, right? It's just a total mm-hmm. like drain. Um, I remember, at, I think it was at, like Knoxville regionals a couple of years ago, I was talking to Danny Altavilla because I, I actually had like, I made a pretty bad misplay in one of my early rounds at that tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was talking to Danny and he said like, just every turn, just try to take five seconds and take a deep breath and just look at your whole board. Like you can actually, you can avoid so much stuff if you just make a mental note of like, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't do anything this bad, but it could have been like, oh, they have a power plant down and you put a crow bed on the bench right, right but if you right. just took five seconds at the start of your turn and like look at that like check the stadium and play or like something like that uh fan out your hand see your options for the turn and just like just take that you know take that inhale um and you know just calm your mind for a second you can avoid a lot of misplays that way so like i think if you um also a lot of like obviously the best players in the world aren't misplaying that much in the first place, but also when they do, they also know like exactly, they, they know if they should just immediately scoop, which you'll Mm -hmm. see them do sometimes, or if uh, like there's a line um, to get out of it. Like I always, I say like Frank, honestly, um, my teammate is like, has had his share of misplays uh, in stream games and stuff. And he's like better than almost anyone at figuring out how to get out of it. Like he always finds that line and, you know, forces the tie or comes back with the win. Um, So that's a skill that like I've tried to improve too, but also sometimes like, uh, like I've also gotten a lot better at just knowing when to scoop. Like that's something that new players struggle with all the time is they just play out games for too long. Um, And so sometimes it's like, I, this game is not salvageable from that misplay. Right. I'm just going to scoop. I'm going to forget that game ever even happened. Or just like you're starting from game one here, right? Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now I had an instance very uh, similar to that in our our charity event a few weeks ago, um, where I did make a misplay in game one, where mm-hmm. it, it was on like I may maybe would have been able to come back uh, from the game, but yeah, I just scooped right away to to make sure you had time uh, to finish it off and and you know mm-hmm. do well there. Um, but so it is a very important skill, um, to have, to know when to, to fold them. Yeah. All right, Chuck. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Go for it. Oh, I I was going to say like one other thing too, is, uh, I used to be really bad about like not eating during tournaments and just like Mm -hmm. try to grind the whole thing. And I think I've found now that like, um, that's really bad. (laughs) You know, like I, I know like Rahul is someone who we all, I always make fun of Rahul for like 
he hates the lunch break. He's like, we need to get rid of the lunch break. I just want to play nine rounds and, <laughs> and go like, you know, right. eat Buffalo wild wings and stuff my face <laughs> or whatever. But uh, I always try to have like, you know, at least if I'm at a one K or a cup or something, I guess at regionals, it's harder because you can't bring food in. But like, I try to have a granola bar and a Gatorade or something in there. Like that honestly is so helpful and just getting enough sleep the night before and all that stuff. Like this is stuff that I just wasn't thinking about four or five years ago that I try to do now. And like, that's one reason why my quality of play and results has gone up so much, I think is just like taking care of myself better at tournaments. 100%. I can't agree more on that. I Chuck's seen, seen that happen to me at the, at the last full grip 1K we went to, or I think it was a 2K. Um, yeah, like I was, I was in a really good position and then I just hit that wall and I couldn't recover from it mentally. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, yeah. that, I mean, I try and do those things, but I tend to just forget all the time. Like right. I, I have trouble with the, like making sure I'm rested the day before. Cause I'll just, it, it, you get excited. I, I, like it's hard to sleep some, you know, Friday night or whatever, but right. Yeah. No, no, it's, it, it's not yeah. like, it just, I'll have trouble, trouble, like shutting my mind off if I right. know I, I have to go to a tournament the next day or something like that i'll right. i'll still be like thinking about things in my head and it'll just be like then next thing you know it's just like you've wasted the extra time <laughs> right. that you right. should be getting for sleep right now yeah um but then like like at that same like that same 2k you were like i brought snacks but like i played to time like i don't know how many times like every round and like i just didn't have time to throw things in my face uh, until right. until it got until it was just too late like where I, I reached a point where i made like mental errors in the game like and and just setting up like the game well I, I i did something dumb and like shuffled my hand into my deck and i was like yo <laughs> yeah uh i was just like i made it through that game and i was like yeah. i'm just done there's no <laughs> way i'm not making cut I'm making right. really crazy mistakes right now. So we're just, we're right. good. And uh, that's, that's when you know when it's time. But. Yeah. And like, if you, you know, um, are just surrounding yourself with like, you know, your testing group or friends or whatever, like you all have people that all, um, you know, like I was, I was at the, what was it? The card trooper 2k in Kentucky. And uh, I was going into top eight and I like hadn't eaten anything. And my friend Reagan like ran out and like got me a burger and I like pounded the burger and then two owed the guy in top eight. <laughs> it's like an instant, instant pick me up. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think if you just like have, have those people around you to be like, Hey man, you gotta eat something. Right? <laughs> you know, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But that's one of the great things about Pokemon, right? It's, it's pretty easy to just, you know, everyone everyone sticks to, like once you once you find a couple of people um that you get along with you tend to stick that's, that's something like a lot of my best friends that i've made in the past few years are just pokemon people exactly yeah. all right well we've talked a lot about you know preparing for tournaments getting better as a player your poke stats career we we haven't talked about euic and the effect of the meta i know we're running a little bit on time but urshifu really was dominating um <laughs> the top <Yeah>. eight uh <laughs> and really just the, the tournament in general mm -hmm. um so how do you like guess i guess how do you think that the meta is shaping out now that you i see is done going into <laughs> indie do we think that urshfu sticking is the real deal um mm -hmm. what's your thoughts this is indie is one of the hardest tournaments to metagame i think in like a couple years right i mean this was probably the hardest metagame decision people will make so far this season um because i think mew is still the best deck but i think urshi is like really pushing it like urshi might be the best deck i think right. Mew is the best deck if you want a day two 
but I don't, I don't know that Mew is going to be winning. Um, like if you want points or you want a day two, I would just probably play Mew, but like Urshi is, I think I, I said this before we started recording, but like Urshi is, um, all the top players have figured out how to actually beat Mew right. consistently. And that like, and I think what I, what I said, like my anecdote was I talked to the Aussie players a lot, like um, Natalie and Kaiwan and Brent and Chazzy, and they all for months now have been like, Mew is just far and away the best deck. They've played Mew at everything. Um, obviously Natalie won Brisbane, so that was validated. And now this is the first like week uh, after EUIC that I've seen those players be like, I don't know if Mew is the play anymore, guys, right. which is kind of crazy because they've been saying that it's like broken and beats everything for weeks now. And now we've kind of got to that point in the format where it's it maybe isn't even the play to win the event anymore. No, I, I tend to agree. Um, it, it is so smooth, but there are so many things you could do to hinder it. Like you said, there's a lot of dark out there. Uh, Marnie Path is still a thing. And even if Urshifu um, has a bad start, um, it, you're almost baiting it to take those prizes. And we saw, I think, in the top four where um, you was playing against Urshifu and ended up losing, right? Um, right. where he took he took a really quick knockout taking three was it three prizes right away or at least two prizes and then you know you see that Moltres come in and start right. like really cleaning house um so right. even Mew is not like a locked in like I'm just gonna win this matchup right yeah yeah I mean like you know people a lot of people were saying to Frank um obviously you know my teammate Frank got uh finals of EUIC with Whimsicott which is kind of the big story of the tournament other than Urshi Right. Um, and a lot of people, you know, when that top eight bracket got posted, they were like, oh, this is free for Frank. You know, there's five Urshis. Uh, there's right. nothing he, he loses to. And Frank was like, you know, in our group chat was like, this would be a lot harder than I thought it was. Because, you know, obviously Gustavo's list was a lot different than the Limitless and the American lists and mm -hmm. had that Moltres V. And that makes like all the difference in the matchup, really. It's like something you can attack with that does a lot of damage that, you know, is just basic energy. Um, and I think if more people start picking up Gustavo's list, uh, which I do expect people to do. Like, obviously, it was the winning list. I think people are going to just net, either net deck that or make a couple of changes to that for Indy. Uh, Whimsicott starts to be a lot less playable for Indy now because, like, it's still, you know, obviously, Frank is a very good player and, like, you know, made a very good meta call, but Whimsicott totally can still lose to, like, most of the meta decks mm -hmm. maybe not like super consistently but it definitely can lose to all of them um to urshi to mew to arceus uh and like i just don't i think i think whimsicott is not something that like anyone on undaunted is probably going to play at indie again and like i think if people try to play it they might be in for a little bit of a rude awakening of like maybe they whiff day two right but, yeah i, I mean yeah. It, it has some you know, that Whimsicott has some, you know, some pluses to it, you know, with a special energy and everything, but it is a little bit slower. Um, and if, if you can't lock that special energy that even if you do, they're going to hit you with that Moltres, like you said, um, right. and it really can make or break the difference. Now going into, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, oh, I'm playing Arcus Inteleon no matter what. Um, but it just seems like it's in a really yeah. bad spot right now because you're, like you said, um, Rapid Strike is beating Mew and it's beating Whimsicott um, fairly regularly. Um, we've seen it kind of yeah. examples uh, on the stream games this weekend. Um, where do you find that Arceus lies? Do you think it has a chance to still do well? Arceus, yes. Uh, straight Arceus and Teleon, no. I, I don't. I mean, I think you have to play something else in Arceus, whether it's Galarian Birds right. uh, or just 
even Urshi in Arceus or just some other dark type. Like I've seen Hoopa V um, mm-hmm. cropping up too. That did pretty well at UIC. Because uh, obviously that's good into Urshi and into Mew. So actually I think Hoopa V is something that could be really good uh, at Indy. But yeah, I think I made the joke on Twitter like last week that uh, Arceus and Teleon is like a Metagross GX tier deck, which uh, for you guys who didn't play, um, that deck was like very consistent and like technically a good deck, but it almost, it just like barely did anything. It was like, I'm right. going to max potion every turn and like hit for 150 and just hope that, you know, I outlast my opponent in terms of resources. Right. And Arceus and Teleon feels like very much the same thing to me where it's technically a good deck, but it's just very fair. And like, it doesn't really have anything spicy that's going to like outright win games for you. You just mm-hmm. have to like hope that you're more consistent and that you don't run out of resources um so that's not a deck i would play like i would always want to have something some other tech package in my arceus deck if i were going to play arceus right and you you did say hoopa it just seems like hoopa even though it has the the multi coverage on weakness uh it just seems like it might be hard to power up and then stay like in last the next you know right the, the t- tank hit. Boss, so yeah it just seems yeah. like it's in such a weird spot i mean it seems like if you're going to play arceus you probably need a dark package with maybe some kind of um yeah. fighting per, uh, pokemon in there as well yeah i think that will that will all get figured out i do think there's also a place in the format for just dark box without arceus um mm-hmm. if you guys saw the senior winning list caleb rogerson uh i mean he played urshi but it was um, much more of like that Inteleon Dark Box style of deck. And Grant Manley also played something very similar to that. It was just like a very like single prize Inteleon Dark Box kind of thing. Um, I also think that's a deck that could like be decent for Indy. You probably have to play Manaphy in it now, but I think right. it would be, be decent. Yeah. And that, that we kind of talked about uh, about that deck beforehand, uh, before the podcast, is having Manaphy and the um, the Dunsparce in there just seems a little clunky and can kind of... Yeah. Lo- uh, lose you some games just <laughs> just in starting one of those or maybe both of those and no other pokemon search so mm-hmm. um yeah there's techs in there that could potentially help the deck but it just seems they're in a weird weird spot right now yeah you could be crazy like uh uh tyne Gwyn did in the uic sylveon, and sylveon yeah, yeah right that so was a that was a cool medical i mean he's got coverage for everything along those lines you just uh doing it all in in the rainbow road like uh <laughs> yeah no you're not wrong yeah, that was a cool deck um so aside from you know the big three we talked about um are there any other decks um that might be under the radar that people need to look out for um i mean malamar is very much still a deck i think mm-hmm. uh i think malamar is like definitely a, a deck you can play to day two um Hershey matchup is not good but like that's that is what it is uh what else is there i guess i again like whimsicott people are definitely going to play whimsicott again i don't expect it to do nearly as well again um i've been like working on ice rider a lot to see if there's any like i've been the the melanie deck guy for a while now like since right. ice rider came out and i had like a lot of success with suicune uh or like suicune control suicune path um and then i've gone back to ice rider uh the thing with ice rider is that it beats arceus like pretty much like it's very favorable into Arceus. Uh, I play a Zigzagoon now. So the Malamar matchup is also favored because mm-hmm. you can use Zigzagoon quick shooting Aqua Bullet. Um, the Mew matchup though is like you have to Marnie Path. And so you, it's actually surprisingly winnable, but like you're just playing a Marnie Path cheese deck against Mew, which feels bad. Right. Um, and then even with Manaphy, Rapid Strike is like 
sketchy. I've just, I've been testing all this stuff to like try to beat rapid strike with it. And honestly, my conclusion is like, I think Melanie decks are just a little too fair still. I think like if it was okay, if it was better against one of me or Urshi, it might be something I would play, but like being unfavored against both of those is not really something you can like you can beat both of them for sure, but it's there. It's like not, it's not better than 50, 50. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a little bit of a, like, I'd love to show up and I'm pretty confident I could day two indie with ice rider, right. but I don't think I could win indie with ice rider or, or top eight or anything. So yeah. Yeah. That's that's, I, I think, I think we're moving into like the format is kind of close to being solved or like we can still refine some of these Urshi and Arceus lists, but like, I think the only decks I would consider playing to Indy would be Urshi, Arceus, and Mew. I don't see myself ever playing any, like, I don't, I think we're running out of room to innovate any new rogues at this point in the format. Yeah, we're pretty late into the format, so that's yeah. probably a pretty fair uh, spot there, or statement you just said there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just trying to think, because like, like I said, I Mew just feels bad right now, so does Arceus and Talion. Obviously, you probably need the Dark Package. It just seems that Urshifu, uh, it's just poised yeah. to be in a really good spot. Um, and it, it is, it's not an easy deck to navigate. So mm -hmm. um, obviously these top players are top players for a reason and they're bringing mm -hmm. it. But um, I mean, if you're going to mm -hmm. play that and you're, you're, you know, a moderate player, start, start testing now. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. And also like people undervaluing you are also like, that's a dangerous thing too. Mew right. is still... I would not be surprised if Mew won Indy. Like, I, I keep saying I think it's the deck to get points and not necessarily the deck to win, but, like, if it does win, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Like, Mew is really, really good still. It, it beats, like, it just, be, it wins so many games because it's it can be, like, it can pop off so hard and no other deck can really do that as well as Mew. Right. No, or I tend beat to its counters as well as Mew. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all I got, Chuck, unless you have anything else. No, I mean that's pretty much it. Um, you guys covered it all. <laughs> I, I mean, the only the only comment I was going to talk about was because Whimsicott, because I love me some Whimsicott and I like that deck. But I agree with Tate's kind of take on it in that mm. I think not that Frank, I don't want to Frank piloted it, but then like I think Whimsicott is one of those decks that it's 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 a top cut deck. So mm. like if you can make top cut, like it. That I think then everything looks really good for you, but the question uh -oh. is whether you can get there because right. I've been, I've been practicing it and it's just like anything that doesn't play special energy, like, which is just like something random that you might just hit in like the, one of the early rounds um, can be a struggle because you don't mm -hmm. hit for much and you don't necessarily have a lot of HP yourself. So it, it's kind of like, uh, can you get yeah. through those matchups throughout day one? Right. Like, I mean, I was joking with Frank, like the best part about him getting second is now I can farm ladder with ice rider because everyone's playing whimsicott and it's like right. an auto loss. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if you just, you just happen to like, you're playing round two, you just happen to get ice rider. It's just like, well, there's one loss. Are you, I, I mean, we saw Frank go up against Gabe on stream and just get demolished. Cause like he didn't draw that well. And you know, Gabe did new things like that can right. happen too. Yeah. And you're exactly. playing like you're playing a deck that naturally is going to be behind on attachments and like you have to set up a barrel and um, you know if you get behind in games it's pretty hard to come back 
you have to just hope you get that lock out early. Yeah, I mean, if, if you get early game and you lock Mew out, um, you're forcing him to do that you know, Lisa Sparkle um, right. play. Um, but if you if you stop their energies early, you know, maybe it's not enough for them to actually attack you. But again, Mew does Mew things and it could just out sprint you and it doesn't even care because it'll just knock you out before you get to that point sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, thank you so much, Tate, for coming on again. I, yeah, I apologize for that. You know, the late notice with this week's been a crazy <laughs> week. Um, yeah. Before we let you go, um, the floor is yours. Do you have any shout outs or plugs or anything like that that you want to you know, throw out there? Um, I guess just just the usual, like uh, my team is at Undaunted. You I can never spell it because it's a, the abbreviation U-N-D-N-T-D. Uh, <laughs> Um, but you can also find me on Twitter at twhitesell42, um, and you can, you know, all of that stuff's connected. You can, if you find the team, you can find me, and vice versa. Um, we're gonna do. I just Frank and I just recorded some stuff for our YouTube that's been like dormant for like a year now, but we're right. gonna get totally get some more YouTube content out there. Um, awesome. Yeah, all that, but all that stuff. Just uh, yeah, you can find me on socials if you want coaching or my deck lists or articles or anything like that. That's all through my Twitter, pretty much. awesome awesome we'll we'll get some of those and have them linked in our show notes as well perfect right and you guys if you haven't checked out pokey stats please do it's a great resource for any kind of no matter what skill level you're at um it's a great resource to to help metagame or just kind of read the meta um and, and all that fun stuff so um they put a lot of hard work into it i know tate has uh cashman has um and everybody else so please uh throw them some love and, and uh, go check them out i know i Appreciate spent it. a lot of my weekend on either the site or in your twitter so yeah that's right it's just the the amount of people that have you know messaged me and just said like it's so cool to you know i can't watch the stream all day but i can just go on twitter and see what's happening you know as it as it happens i think that's just been really rewarding to hear yeah. that it's been helpful to people right um i guess a little bit of bonus i actually just thought about this um <laughs> as far as like i know with like limitless it's really easy because they can just um you know, pick off the list that are created. Um, but you guys get all this from word of mouth, right? All these deck lists and everything? Pretty much, yeah. So, um, I mean, at this point, I've, you know, we have a good amount of connections at pretty much, you know, any region. Like, we know all the people to, to ask, whether it's Australia or Europe or Latin America. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if it's NA, like, a lot of times, I might just be at the event or I'll have a friend or teammate that's at the event. Um, but yeah, we have all these sources that kind of just walk around, like, we'll just say like, Hey, see what the top players are playing and we can get that up on the site. Um, and you know, sometimes people just voluntarily send us their lists to put on the site and stuff like that. You know, if they, uh, you know, if they don't make top eight or whatever. Um, but yeah, we get a lot of, like, we have a lot of great sources. And again, like, it's not, it's totally a community thing, right? Like it wouldn't be possible to run Pokestats and have it be as good as it is without having like, people willing to contribute and help right. us out. Yeah. Agreed. Now, do you ever have anybody that, you know, top, you know, make day two or whatever that doesn't want to show their spicy text that don't give you their, their, uh, um, their full 60? No. Uh, well, I mean, de- like definitely we're never, we're never expecting, like we're never going to post mm. anyone's list, obviously, even if we found it out, we would never mm. do that to someone. Um, the one, uh, one time, um, I mean, Rahul and I, Rahul and I are good buddies, but one time Rahul got like mildly upset at me because I did like leak too much of his, like it right. was when they played ADP, uh, Rahul and Xander played like ADP, Rosa, Cryogonal, 
custom catcher or like some crazy <laughs> ADP list. Uh, and I put like all of that on the right. day two decks page and they're like, bro, just put ADP. Like we yeah, don't want yeah, everyone yeah. knowing. And I was like, I fixed it immediately. Cause I, you know, I didn't mean to like, I was just like, try. I was excited about the deck. Right. But, exactly. Um, yeah. I think like, I always, I'm really, I try to be cognizant about like, I just say what the archetype is, but I'm not leaking anyone's text. Cause right, that's right. like an unfair advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a great, a great point. Yeah. But um, no. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for us. Yeah, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Again, thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWhimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later. <laughs>